In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the first Sunday of the second Coptic month of Baba or Paiopi, and the theme of this Coptic month is Christ the Pantocrator. This month we will see the power of the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrated in four like very beautiful miracles. Like next week we'll see Christ's power over nature. And then the wheat, like uh, the disciples were fishing and he told them to lay down their nets and then the, the nets became full. So Christ's power over nature. In the third week, we'll see the Lord's ability to heal and to cast out demons. And in the fourth week, we'll see the Lord's power over death. The Lord's power over death when he raised the son of the widow of Nain. And in today's gospel, we see the Lord's power manifested in three different ways. We see the Lord has power to forgive sins. Power to forgive sins. We see the Lord's power that He knows the inner thoughts of the scribes and the feelings that the scribes were pondering in their head. And they were grumbling in themselves and they said, Wow, this man, he's speaking blasphemies. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But the Lord knew their thoughts. And we finally, we see the Lord's power through His ability to heal the paralytic. And that's why today I would like to speak to you about the Lord's power to heal us. The Lord's power to heal us. The Lord is willing to heal us if we come to Him like this paralytic man. And the Gospel today teaches us several important lessons about sickness and healing. Sickness and healing. The big lesson that I see in the gospel of today, a big lesson that I see in the gospel of today, is the union between the body and the spirit. The body and the spirit, and how they go together. Mankind has both a physical side and it has a spiritual side. It has a spiritual side. And these days, many people would love to separate the spiritual from the physical. They love to separate. And now anytime we have a sickness, whether it be even like mental illness or paralysis, we classify this sickness belonging to the physical, to the body. And we neglect the spiritual cause or the spiritual solution to the sickness. The Lord in the Gospel of today, He first forgave the sins of the paralytic to show this union between the spiritual and the physical. Even John chapter 5, there's a story of another paralytic and he makes the same point. And he, he likens sin to paralysis. There is a link between the spiritual and the, the physical. And that's why in the litany of the sick we pray... The spirit of sicknesses chase away the spirit of sicknesses. So there is a spirit of sickness. And actually when we study the scripture, we'll see that many times illness and sickness is actually has a spiritual origin. Many times in the scripture, sickness has a spiritual origin. For example, in the scripture we see that God can use illness and sickness for his glory. He uses sickness and, and illness for his glory. Masalan, the story of Job. 
He allowed this sickness to happen to Job so that later he could crown Job with greater glory. He allowed him to be sick so that later he could crown him with greater glory. And similarly, the martyrs, they were afflicted and they endured torture so why they could receive a crown of martyrdom. And I'm touched by like uh, Tamav Arini. She said she was praying for martyrdom. But it was not in the Lord's will to give her martyrdom. So the Lord gave her sickness as a crown. As a crown. So she saw, saw this sickness is my crown. So sometimes our loved ones are sick. And you might wonder why God will do this to us. To allow our loved ones to be sick. But perhaps God would like to crown them with greater glory. Or perhaps God would like to crown us, we who care for those who are sick, and by our service to those who are sick. And you know this very well in the story of the blind man. They said, why is this man born blind? Who sinned, this man or his parents? And the answer of the Lord was, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God or the glory of God should be manifest in him. So sometimes sickness reveals the glory, God's glory, and it is God would like to glorify us. Sometimes God uses sickness to glorify us, and sometimes He uses sickness to humble us. To humble us. St. Paul, he was given the thorn in the flesh. Why? Because actually he had just seen the third heaven, and he was taken up. And actually, God said that. And I was like, to stay down, Shwaya. And so I'm going to give you this sickness to keep you humble, to keep you reliant on me, to keep you close to the ground. He didn't want, the Lord did not want his chosen vessel to become prideful in Yadia and lose and go where? Why? So he gave him this sickness to keep him humble. And even though St. Paul could do signs and wonders, he could do signs and wonders. He even raised the dead. He prayed three times for this sickness to go away. And it didn't go away. Because the Lord wanted to humble him. The Lord wanted to humble him. This sickness was not for his destruction. Actually, this sickness was for his salvation. This sickness is to keep him forever. Ahna, we always see sickness as destruction and sin. But God sees this sickness, oh, this sickness is for your eternity. This sickness is so I can crown you for glory. God sometimes uses sickness as a means to bring us to repentance. He uses sickness to bring us to repentance. When we sin and we are away from God, God maybe can send us a sickness to bring us closer to Him. And this, I'm studying the book of Numbers right now, and now I'm shocked. In the book of Numbers, also in chapter 11, in chapter 11, Numbers, the Israelites, all they do is complain, 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 non-stop complaining. Numbers 11, they complained about meat. Guess what happened after they complained about meat? Epidemic. <laughs> Epidemic. Then, Numbers 12, the next chapter, after the Israelites complained about me, the next chapter, Miriam and Aaron, Miriam and Aaron, even the closest to Moses, 
they grumbled against Moses and said, how come you took this Cushite wife, this Ethiopian wife? How come? And they grumbled against... And then guess what? What happened to Miriam? Leprosy. Dreaded skin disease. The sickness was... And they prayed, said, God, he said, this sickness for her repentance. This sickness is for her repentance. That was Numbers 11 and 12. Then Numbers 14, the spies, they go... And they see the land. They come back. They say, we can't defeat this. This nation's too big. And they said, no, 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 no. We don't want to go. Then guess what? Epidemic came upon them. Epidemic. Another epidemic came upon or The Lord threatened them with an epidemic. And then Moses interceded for them. Then number 16. This is all like five, back to back to back to back. Everyone complaining against Moses. The next one, Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, they go and they say to Moses, well, you think you're cool, hot stuff? We want to be priests too. <laughs> Why you think you're special in God? And so he said, we'll bring our fire pans and the incense and we'll see who God accepts. And God sent an epidemic on all the followers of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. He sent this sickness, why? To destroy them or to? Not to destroy, to bring them to repentance. They should have learned from Numbers 11, Numbers 12, Numbers 13, that no, we should not complain against God. But God knows sometimes ahna, nas, difficult, and the only way for us to learn is through sometimes some sickness. So He uses sickness to bring us to repentance. The wise person would change. The wise person would repent and change their, wise, their, change their ways. There was a, a godly young person who recently passed away uh, from cancer, actually. And the family called a, like a holy like priest in Egypt, a holy father in Egypt, to ask them to pray for this person. And the priest told him, like, in a like, his time is, is done. And they said, why God is like, you're taking this man in his young age. And, and the priest said, no, his time is like, his reached, like his time is, is done. Because God gave him this sickness now because he has little sins that I need to purify him from. And I was like, what? This guy's a godly man. Because God cares about even... The little sins that this man has. And he said, I sent him this cancer to purify him. To bring him to repentance. And when I heard that, to be honest, I was like, wow. I feel so comforted. That God in his wisdom, he gives us a little discomfort on this earth. A couple weeks, a couple months, a couple years. But he's doing it to repentance for us to be with him for eternity. Ah, see the goodness of God? God does so well. If we don't see the spiritual side, you say, oh, it's all pain, it's all suffering, it's all, why is God so cruel? It's actually, no, God's not cruel. God is preserving, giving us something much better. Giving us something much better. God uses the spiritual to impact the physical. You see that? He uses, sends the spear of sicknesses to impact the physical. And he uses the physical to impact the, the spiritual. So really, the spiritual and the physical, they become 
together, intertwined. And we see this unity so clear in the most beautiful sacrament in the church, in the Eucharist. If I ask you, is the Eucharist, is it spiritual or is it physical? It's both spiritual and physical. It's both spiritual and physical. Our Lord said, my food is, or my, sorry, my body is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Drink indeed. Some people these days love to separate the spiritual from the physical and say communion is only for spiritual healing. Only spiritual. Communion, only spiritual. So then I have a question for you. Then, like, Seebeckman communion. How about the unction of the sick? The unction of the sick is for spiritual or physical? Totally spiritual? And then you take the church away from the physical. Then the church has no door, like, has no role in the physical? That church has a big door in the physical. Huge door. Like, they work together. It's as if we love to separate the person, the spiritual and the physical... But they go together. And that's why when you read about the creation of man in Genesis chapter 2, you'll see something beautiful. It says, the Lord, he formed man from the dust of the ground. When he formed man out of the dust of the ground, I imagine he had shape. Keda, Zayana, beautiful face, nice nose, here. But this physical was still dead. <laughs> it was still dead. It was just the body, kid, formed. But then the body took life when? He breathed the spirit into it. So then the body now that is alive has both spirit and body. So you cannot separate them. It is the spirit that gives life. So the spiritual is the basis even for the physical. And that's why in the Pauline epistle today, you see this point so clearly. St. Paul, he says, Clearly you are an epistle of Christ ministered to us, written not with ink, but by the, living, by, by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of the flesh, that is of the heart. It's as if God is saying, You are kidda, just form, physical, but now the Word of God is now written on your heart. So now into spiritual now you are spiritual people. And actually you see this theme also in the Catholic epistle, but for another time. The unity between the spirit and the physical. The human is like a car. Oh, cars, okay? The car. The car has many systems in the car. It has the engine system, it has the, the transmission system, the oil and lubrication system, it has the electrical system. See, lots of systems in the car. But if you have the most powerful car, the most powerful engine, the V12 turbocharged, 6,000 horsepower, and you have no electrical system, the car is dead. You have a beautiful engine, but you have no electrical system. Well, many people, they have a nice body, but they have no spirituality. Or the human hetiba, 
داد هتبقى أطلانة أطلانة is the right word slow مش doesn't work well then the crazy thing is بنخد العربية دي to the mechanic when all the car's dead how do we fix the car but then the mechanic that all he knows is to change oil and tires so then he says you need to change the oil and the tires but there's something deep inside the car that is broken and then you pay a lot of money to hire the tires with oil but then guess what the car still and then we go back to the same person and we say I, you fix it. how come you're not fixing the car and they say oh you need new tires you need synthetic oil the oil does not synthetic better oil and when and we keep doing and we keep and the car lista not working why is the car not working because we didn't address the spiritual side of man we didn't address the spirit we didn't address the root cause of the car The problem is not, sometimes the problem is not physical, the problem is spiritual. The problem is a lack of faith. And the gospel of today demonstrates this point so clearly. Because the scribes, what did they want to do? They wanted to separate between the physical and the spiritual. They wanted to separate. And that's why the Lord, He caught them on it. He caught them on it. And he asked them a very important question. He says, which is easier? Which is easier? Is it easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, arise and take up your bed and walk? Which one's easier? Which one? Huh? Which one? If we are honest with ourselves, we have the same thoughts like the scribes. We think... The sins is easier. We think the sins is easier. Because why? There is no like uh, evidence. Now I'll tell you, Rabbana Hadlak. Okay, thank you. <laughs> and then we go. And so they thought the Lord was just playing kira, just saying words, blaspheming. So they thought it was actually more difficult to do the physical but actually the Lord said <laughs> he said that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins he said to the paralytic arise take up your bed and walk the Lord has the power to heal the spiritual and the physical actually the physical is easier the other day I was talking to someone I said why don't you pray for them heal them they said no I can't do that I can't do that you pray for them and to heal them you have no faith you have no faith ahna best just spirit we go to the doctors just for the physical that's it but where's the spiritual also i want to show you a beautiful quote from saint macarius hopefully it's on the screen aywa what's what saint macarius he says he says know then after searching yourself whether bodily ailments do not carry you off to earthly physicians when you're sick you go to the doctor sure as if Christ whom you believed could not heal you like you don't believe Christ can heal you see how you deceive yourself because you imagine that you believe when you do not believe as you ought in truth 
For if you believe the eternal, the irremediable wounds of the immortal soul and its disorders of evil to be cured by Christ, you would have believed him able to cure also the temporary disorders and the maladies of the body, and would have had recourse to him only to the neglect of the medical attentions and remedies. He who created the soul has made the body also, and he who heals that immortal part is able to cure the body also of its temporary disorders and maladies. St. Macarius. And I'm not saying don't go to doctors, and I love doctors, my wife's a doctor. Kurlana, we love doctors. Yeah, oh, doctors, Hannah. Kurlana, we love doctors. Best, we trust in God. God, that is the true physician of the soul. Today, I don't want us to be like the scribes. The scribes, they try to separate. Try to separate. No, we will not separate. We want to be like this paralytic who came in faith to the Lord. And today, my prayer is that we have the faith to go through all the obstacles. The house is crowded, the roof, we can't get in. But they went through all the obstacles because their faith was so... So great. And they tore that roof off. And they met the Lord and they received healing. May we tear the roof and receive healing. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.